welcome to Real Church for Real People. You may be seated, and uh, again, Merry Christmas to everybody in the room. And I was just having such a good time during that song, I almost forgot to come out here. So I'm <laughs> grateful to be in the room with all of you, and just uh, for all of you who are joining us at our online location, a big welcome to you. Very glad uh, you're along for the ride. And uh, if you're here for the first time, whether you're in the room or online, uh, especially a big welcome to you. Hope you're having a great experience so far. You know, Christmas is the time of year when we celebrate Jesus being born. And I, I know we celebrate a lot of other stuff too, but that's kind of the big one. We celebrate that Jesus was born. And I remember well the day that our kids were born. We have two. And uh, I remember when they came into the world, my daughter first, and then three and a half years later, uh, my son. And they've, I've watched them grow up. I'm happy to report I, I love my kids even after all these years. And most days, um, I think they like me. So, you know, most of the time, any parents know what I'm talking about, the way I just said that? I love them all the time. Sometimes I think they love me. So my son, Connor, is a teenager now, and uh, Connor has autism. And one of the things that he likes to do, so he's very into kind of doing the same thing. Um, he's into routine. And what he likes to do every morning that's been such a fun thing for our family is he likes to get up very early, like 4 or 4.30 in the morning. Now, I know some of you parents are going, man, I just wish my kid would get up by 4.30 in the afternoon. I get it, you know? Uh, but Connor is almost always up before the rest of us. I'm an, a fairly early riser, but not that early. He, he just gets up before any of us, and he does the same thing uh, every day. First of all, he's not subtle when he gets up. It's a joyous occasion, you know? It's... Uh, but he does the same thing every day. As soon as he gets up, he turns on every light in our house, every single one. He will not tolerate darkness anywhere. It's like the light is coming on. And so I get up around 6 o'clock, 5.45, 6 o'clock, I get up. Well, I get up twice. I wake up when he gets up, <laughs> but I actually get out of bed around 5.45 or 6. And I, too, am a creature of routine. I do the same thing every morning go around our house, turning off the lights <laughs> that Connor turned on. Now, I, I never thought I would be this dad, but I, I so am. And I'll be honest with you, uh, often when I'm turning off the light, you know, switch by switch, I'm like, there's seven cents saved in electricity, just saved. Just never thought I would be that dad, but I, I so am that dad. So whatever we believe about Jesus, I don't know wh what your story has looked like up until now and where you are when it comes to spiritual things, what brought you here uh, today, but whatever we believe about Jesus, I think a lot of us wish we could flip the switch and turn on the light in some area of our lives. Because, I mean, let's be open with each other about this time of year. This is one of the brightest seasons of the year, but it can also be one of the darkest, right? It's a roller coaster ride of emotions many times. Our stressful jobs and frustrating families and unresolved issues, our Long lists of obligations and mental struggles and worries don't always get the memo that it's Christmas. They don't take time off for the holidays. We just continue to face, sometimes it feels like there's even more pressure this time of year. And you, if you feel that way, uh, I'm with you. Maybe it even feels like someone or something is following us around right now in this season, flipping our light off. That every time we get a little hope, get a little joy, Something comes along, just flips the switch back off. It's, it's a boss, it's an ex, it's a neighbor, it's a credit card company. 
that flips the switch off, throwing our lives back into darkness. So what if we could see things differently this Christmas? A couple of chapters after he tells us the story of Jesus being born, a guy named Matthew writes in the Bible and begins to describe how Jesus started going around healing people and teaching them about God. And he began doing this in a place called Galilee. In fact, here's what Matthew writes about it, that this fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Now, if the Bible's new to you, Isaiah lived hundreds of years before this was written, and he predicted that Jesus would come, and his coming would be like a great light that would start shining in the darkest of places. Jesus was Jewish, but he actually began lighting up people's lives in a place that was filled with a lot of non-Jewish people as well, the people that Matthew refers to as Gentiles. It may not seem like a big deal to us now, but in Jesus' time, that was a massive deal. Because the Gentiles, for the most part, didn't believe in the one true God that Jesus came to reveal. And the people, the Jewish people who lived around them, who did believe in God, kind of looked down on these doubting, non-religious Gentiles. But not Jesus. Jesus actually started healing and teaching people about God, talking about who God was and bringing hope and life to people among people who were kind of least likely to buy into what he was saying. Chances are good, especially if you don't consider yourself a religious person, that you have this tension in your life. A lot of us do. A lot of us trying to make sense of life in in our modern era in the 21st century. We have this tension. We're not religious, but that doesn't mean we're not spiritual. Maybe for some of us we would say, I'm not really committed to a particular faith, but that doesn't mean I'm not curious about what this is all about, and I know there's got to be something more. We're just like the people who lived in Galilee. We sense that there's something more. We're just not sure what it is. We're like people who sit in darkness. We know there's got to be a source of light out there somewhere. We just can't find the switch, no matter where or how hard we look. And it's kind of strange, isn't it? Because we actually have more to turn to than any generation of humans who've ever lived on this planet. We have more uh, money, more technology, more convenience, more information. Why isn't it working? Why does it feel like our lives so often are still so dark? Well, Matthew would say that just like Isaiah predicted, it's because we need a great light. Not just any light will do. We don't need just another cheap LED knockoff. We don't need just another fading glimmer or, or another flash of a good time or a good week or a good quarter of sales at work. We actually need a great light. Only a great light can defeat our kind of darkness. So could these words written thousands of years ago actually point to our solution? Well, there's more to this prophecy about Jesus. Listen to these words. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. Shadows are weird, aren't they? Can we all disagree? I mean, shadows are weird. How many of us, just honestly, if you're in the room by a show of hands, you've been scared of a shadow, just kind of freaked out because you saw a shadow. You're not telling the truth. Come on, how many of us? There we go. 
I've been there. Something bad always lurks in the shadows. Am I right? You've never seen a Hallmark movie called In the Shadows. You know, it's like, it's just not, it's bad stuff in the shadows. I was sitting in our house with my wife just a couple of nights ago, and I, I swore I saw something moving outside our window, and I jumped up ready to fight mentally. You can tell by looking at me, I've never been physically ready to fight in my entire life, but I was mentally ready. I was ready to fight. And it turns out it was just a shadow. The wind picked up, tree branch, some just shadows. Shadows are weird. I mean, they just, they're freaky. They're just, shadows often loom larger than the object that created them, right? And nothing casts a bigger shadow than death. When someone we love dies, it casts a shadow on everything. Happened for me when my dad died. Happened for my wife earlier this year, one of her brothers passed away. We're going to be doing a series here this spring on grief because so many of us have faced it. And if we haven't, we will. We live in a land where death casts its shadow. And even for any of us who haven't lost someone particularly close to us or we're still really young and healthy, we don't think about our own mortality, death still casts its shadow. Our dreams die. Our hopes die. Sometimes relationships that we thought would last forever die, or our expectations die. We all live in a land where death casts its shadow, and we have not been able to crack that code. It doesn't matter how much money we accumulate, or how many moments of happiness we fill our lives with, or how successful we become, or, or popular, or affirmed, we, we all sooner or later are going to face the shadow of death. And that would be so depressing if it weren't for the next few words in this prediction about Jesus. A light has shined. As in, because of Jesus, death actually doesn't have the last word anymore. It's just a shadow. There's a house that I pass every night on my way home, and in the front yard, there's a white wooden uh, nativity cutout. You've probably seen these. We actually have one now. A friend made one for us a few years ago. It's in our front yard, and there's a, there's a manger, and Jesus, and Mary, and Joseph, and shepherds, and wise men, and angels, and uh, there are nativities all over the place this time of year, but there's something about this one. For years, I've been driving home and slowing down and just staring at this nativity, the house, you see, sits back off the road, and it's not, a, it's not a main road with street lights or anything like that, so it's dark, and this time of year when I'm headed home, it's always dark, and it's so dark that you wouldn't even notice Jesus and Mary and Joseph and shepherds and wise men and sheep and angels if it weren't for one thing. The people who live in that house have installed a light in front of that nativity cutout that shines on it so that a shadow is created on the front of their home, but that shadow is illuminated all the way around by the light, and the light makes the shadow make sense. And the same is true for us. It's almost as if we need death to cast its shadow on our lives in order to appreciate the light that defeats it. And when the light comes, the shape shifts so that now we can deal with it. We understand, okay, there's a shadow, but now the shadow is not just some 
large, unpredictable, looming thing that I can't understand and I can't deal with. Now I can face it because the light makes the shadow make sense. That's why Jesus came into our world, to defeat the darkness of sin and death. But he doesn't defeat darkness by removing it from our world, not yet at least. And he doesn't defeat it by removing us from this world, not yet at least. He defeats the darkness of sin and death by shining his light on our darkest moments and transforming our shadows into a shape that can make sense to us. So he shines his light, transforming our shadows. The hardest losses and the worst mistakes and the greatest moments of doubt in our lives, if we'll allow him to, Jesus can shift them into the shape of hope. His light causes the shadows to make sense, and the light wins, not because the darkness is gone, but because it simply doesn't stand a chance anymore. It's just a shadow. You ever stubbed your toe on a piece of furniture in a dark room? Have you been there? I talked about this a couple of weeks ago because it's happened to me so often, and uh, maybe if you've been in that moment, you've been like, you wouldn't want to be, to, to be there. I did not say Christian things, you know. But if you've had this experience, if you've stubbed your toe, banged your shin on a piece of furniture in a dark room, you have come to appreciate the light. But you know the thing about light? When you turn a light on in a dark room, it does not rearrange the furniture for you. It'd be nice if it did, perhaps, like, oh, redecorate, redecorate. <laughs> but that's not what happens. When you turn a light on, what happens is it just shows you where everything is so that you can make sense of it and decide whether or not you want to continue banging your toe on it. And that's what Jesus did. He defeated death, but for now, death is still in the room with us. Now, the day will come for all of us who believe in Jesus when he will rearrange the furniture. That's the promise. But for now, in this life, death is still very much in the room with us. But what Jesus does is he illuminates our lives and he gives us the power to see death differently. His light makes sense of the shadow that used to terrify us. And all of a sudden we go, oh, look, it's death. It's still difficult. I don't like it. I don't want to experience it. I don't want to go through losing someone else to it. But you know what? Through the light of Jesus, I see it differently and I I'm no longer afraid of it because I understand it's not the end. It doesn't win. It doesn't have the last word. The light says, oh, this is where the dresser is. <laughs> Don't bang your shin on it. It's going to be okay. The light reveals the truth. Jesus came into the world to defeat sin. All the things that we've ever thought, said, or done that are less than God's best, that had control over us. How many of us in the room, online, how many of us would just say, there has been at least one time in my life when I was intent on doing the right thing and I did the wrong thing. How many of us, just by a show of hands, just show of hands, okay? About 80% of us in the room lifted our hand. The other 20%, it just happened. <laughs> you could have told the truth and you were going to, but then you were like, no, <laughs> exactly. So 100% of us, that's sin. Sin is that thing like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I just did. I won't say it, I won't, I just did. I won't keep thinking, I, I still am. Sin is a thing that enslaves us and it controls us and all of us have experienced that. You may be like, well, I don't like that word sin. Use a different word. It's whatever is in control when we are not. 
And Jesus came into the world to defeat sin, to set us free. But for now, in this life, sin is still in the room with us. Come on, how many Christians would admit sin's still in the room with you? All right, so the sin that's still in the room with you is lying. You understand. You understand. Jesus came into the world to defeat sin, but it's still in the room with us. But what does Jesus do? He illuminates our lives, and he says, oh, let me show you a better way to live your life. Now, here's the dresser. You don't have to keep banging your shin on it if you don't want to. Before Jesus, we had no control. But through Jesus, we actually begin to grow in our faith in God. And we go, you know what? I don't like that I keep going back to that toxic behavior. I think through the power of God, I can change. And the light says, yes, you can. Let me show you where it is. Walk around it, not into it. That's what Jesus did. He lights up our lives. He illuminates our lives and says, oh, you know what? This relationship and the struggles you're having in it, there would have been a time when you thought all hope was lost, but now, oh, I see it differently. Through Jesus, I can do all things because he gives me strength. Jesus lights up our lives. He does not automatically heal us of our addictions all the time, but he does say, listen, that addiction's not the only furniture in the room, and if you want to, you can be free, and I'll show you how to live out a different life, and you don't just need a nameless higher power. He can have a name, and he can change your life. That's what Jesus does. He transforms our lives because the light wins. He illuminates our lives. You know, sometimes I don't sense God's presence, and it's simply because I haven't clicked God's switch. I'm like mad at God. God, how many of us... We're not flipping the switch. We're not looking to Jesus, but we're like, God, where are you? And God's like, I'm right here. <laughs> Through Jesus, you can know me. You can have light in your life. You can have peace. Finding Jesus does not fix all of my problems. It illuminates my life, and it teaches me that if I'll keep looking to Jesus, I can have as much light as I'd like. I'll just keep looking to Jesus. So if Jesus is the great light that can defeat our darkness, how do we switch the light on? Well, Matthew tells us. He says, the people who uh, sit in darkness have seen a great light. Those who live in the land where death has cast its shadow, a light has shined on them. And from then on, Jesus began to preach, let me tell you about God's light switch. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. In other words, for people like us who sit in darkness, who live in the land where death casts its shadow, who still come under the slavery and control of things we wish we wouldn't think, we wish we wouldn't do, we wish we wouldn't say, the way to let God light up our lives is to turn away from the darkness and toward Jesus. You say, that's it? Yeah, that's it. We can have as much light as we'd like. We just have to repent of our sins. What does that mean? Well, it literally means change our lives. See, when the light shines on us and reveals the stuff that we've thought, said, or done that's less than God's best, which we all admitted a moment ago, we all have, myself at the top of the list. When the light shines on our lives and reveals that, then God invites us to own our sin and then disown it, to admit it and then abandon it. To say, God, yep, you're right about me. The light makes it very clear. I need you. If I was going to fix this by now, I would have by now. 
If I was going to be able to heal and save my own life, like I would have by now, God, I need you. So I own it, but then I disown it. And I go, you know what? By your power, I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to follow your son, Jesus. That's what repenting of our sins means. It doesn't just mean turning away from darkness. It also means turning to God. So we turn from the darkness in our thoughts and attitudes and actions, but then we turn to God. And when we do, we discover that God and his kingdom are much closer than we realize. So again, for some of us, we're like, I don't know, where is God? The world is so dark. And he's like, over here, you just have to repent, turn around. You just keep walking toward the darkness so you think it's dark. But the moment you turn around and look at my son, Jesus, you'll go, oh, there's hope. There's life there's more. Our lives are illuminated. Jesus said it this way. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. You can stop stumbling around, bruised and bleeding. And you can have the light that leads to life. In other words, only God could send his son to rescue us from the darkness. That's what Christmas is about. But only we can flip the switch. So we can't save ourselves, but God won't force Jesus on us either. He has wired the house, installed the fixtures, placed the switch where it is obvious. You say, but I've never heard of the switch before. Well, you hadn't until 15 minutes ago. But now it's really obvious, it's Jesus. God has said, look, I'm just going to make this. Like, Connor, you do not have to search. Dad did not hide the switches. You can find the way to life by looking to Jesus. We can't save ourselves, but God won't force Jesus on us. He sent the light. We decide whether to click the switch on by faith or off by doubt. I've got news for all of us. God doesn't change whether or not we believe in him. We do. He's God whether we, you're like, I don't believe in God. He, he doesn't stop being God. <laughs> he's not like, oh, I had no idea. He's not like Santa Claus, like, oh, more spirit of Christmas. No, it's not. He's, he's still God, whether we believe in him or not. But we either flip the switch on through faith or off by doubt. I had a moment a few years ago when I was wrestling with something else Jesus said. So Jesus said that the reason he came was so people who believed in him would have a rich and satisfying life. And at that moment in my life a few years ago, things just did not feel very rich or satisfying. So I was feeling a little ripped off. And I believed in Jesus. I'm a pastor. So I believed in Jesus, and I also knew, you know, I talk about Jesus a lot, and I should probably smoke what I sell. <laughs> just making sure you're awake. Merry Christmas. Congratulations, you are. So I was like, I believe in Jesus. Jesus changed my life. Now I'm a pastor, and I tell other people they should believe in Jesus on an integrity level. Let's get, we need to hash this out. Because Jesus, you said that you came so people who believed in you could have a rich and satisfying life. I believe in you, and I'm telling a lot of other people they should believe in you. My life does not feel very rich or very satisfying, Jesus. What's going on? And up until that moment, I had really been convinced. I thought, you know, the problem with my life is my circumstances. If that would change or this would change, if they would change. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was like, like that circumstance has a first and last name and needs to move to Omaha. Like, 
And I was like, Jesus, my life is not rich, not satisfying. So either you weren't telling the truth or you got like some kind of disclaimer or small print or asterisk or I'm doing it wrong. I don't know, but my life is not rich. It's not satisfying. I think things need to change. And then my life can be rich and satisfying. And then it, it just hit me. It was like the light came on. I don't think Jesus is talking about my circumstances changing. I think he was talking about me changing. And the way I see God changing, and the way I see myself changing, and the way I see other people changing. And I felt like in that moment, Jesus whispered to me and said, Mark, if you believe in me, then your life can be as rich and satisfying as you let it be. You can have as much light as you'd like. See, the problem is, I believed in Jesus, but I kept kind of going back to the darkness, my way of handling things, my old thoughts, my old attitudes, my old perspectives. I was like cursing God for the darkness, and he was like, remember the switch. Jesus is the answer. See, following Jesus doesn't mean we don't face the darkness of sin or death anymore. It doesn't mean life doesn't disappoint us or we never mess up or we never fail anymore. It just means we know where to turn. We run to the light. And I get it. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I just don't know if I buy this, man, to be honest with you. I mean, what about evolution? What about other religions? What about the weird Christians I know? What about that? You give me an explanation for that, and I might believe in Jesus. Listen, Jesus said he was the light of the world. Either he's crazy for saying it or you're crazy for not believing it. Only one of those can be true. We can't have any of this like, Jesus was a really good guy. He just happened to suffer from a major delusion where he thought he was the light of the world. But other than that, he's cool. No, he was either insane for saying he's the light or I'm insane if I don't believe him. So can I challenge you today that if he is the great light that we need, then that's all that matters. The other stuff is details. Might be important. It'll get figured out. We need to decide whether to flip the switch or not. And when we do, we discover that we can have as much light as we'd like. So don't click Jesus off this Christmas and then blame God for the darkness. Maybe you'd say, well, I've had a bad experience. With religion, don't click Jesus off. I just, I work with a Christian and they're mean. Don't click Jesus off this Christmas. Well, I just, this, I don't really know if this makes sense to me or not. Don't click Jesus off this Christmas. Well, I hear what you're saying, but it's not like it's not really a good time in my life. Don't click Jesus off this Christmas. Because all of those things may be perfectly valid, but you can face all of them with Jesus. Stop trying to make sense of the shadows without the light. He's the only one that will ever bring any of that into focus for you. And the good news is we can help you here. It's kind of why we exist. As a church, we help people find Jesus and follow him fully. That's what we do. In fact, we're so passionate about that that we've 
taken on this passion for what we call Journey City, a 30-mile radius around this building in Newark. We're launching a new location in Middletown. I'm going to tell you when soon. (laughs) But we're going. We've made the decision. Because what we do as a church, we help people find Jesus and follow him fully. Let me be very clear about something. Church can't save you, okay? But it can help you find the light switch. And that's what we do. We help real people find Jesus and follow him fully. So the most important decision you make today might be to come back in two weeks. I think you just owe it to yourself to give this a real chance. And as I reflect on it, I think my son Connor has it right at 4.30 in the morning. I think he's right and I'm wrong. Turn on all the lights. And you know, as I think about it, I realize, you know know what he doesn't do? He doesn't worry that it won't work. He knows his dad paid the bill. What a way to live, am I right? To wake up in the darkness and while everybody is asleep and just giving in to the darkness of the night, to come running out of your room and and go, oh, is that a switch? Let me flip it on because I think that I am convinced through Jesus that my dad paid every bill on my behalf. My sins are forgiven. Death is defeated. Hope is alive. Life is real. I can have it through Christ. Let's light up this place. So instead of clicking Jesus off this Christmas, I challenge you, why don't you run toward the light in the middle of a difficult relationship through Jesus? You can have as much hope as you'd like. In the middle of an addiction that you're facing through Jesus, you can find as much freedom as you'd like. In the middle of anxiety, you can discover as much confidence as you'd like. In the middle of an uncertain world, you can find as much hope for the future as you'd like because through Jesus, you can have as much light as you'd like. He is the great light of the world. And when he shines in the darkness, our lives make sense. And if you would say this Christmas, you want more of Jesus in your life. If you're in the room, would you just shoot your hand up, hold it up all over the place. If you're watching online, you can do that right where you are. Let me pray for us. Father, we honor you today, our God. You're the one who sent your son to earth. Jesus, you came, you were born here, you lived among us. And you came to reveal the truth about who God is and who we are to God. For some of us, God, in the room or watching online right now, the shadow has loomed large shadow of death, the shadow of sin, the shadow of defeat. It's just been this shapeless thing that threatens to overwhelm our lives. But Jesus, you are the light. By faith, it's the only thing we can do. We can't save ourselves, we can't fix ourselves, but by faith we flip the switch. By faith we believe. By faith, Jesus, we run to you, illuminate our lives, and give us hope. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name.